7 p.m. That was dinner time for my family when I was growing up. My sister, my dad, and I would be sitting at the table. My mom would be over at the stove, rolling fresh rotlis for us to eat. But it was never just the four of us dining together. And now, here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trevick. Thank you, Johnny Gilbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Jeopardy. It's a fast-paced trivia show that's basically been on air since the dinosaurs were around. And I swear, food tastes so much better when you're listening to the sweet sound of Alex Trebek reading trivia while you chew. What I love about the show is that it's not just, you know, like astrophysicists and PhDs competing. Here are today's contestants. A teacher and small business owner from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Eric Nelson. A geographic information system specialist from Owen Sound, Ontario, Canada, Emily Vandermuller. At the beginning of each episode, the announcer introduces each of the three contestants. He says their name, occupation, and where they're from. I always pay attention to these little intros. Whenever there's a contestant on from North Carolina, it doesn't matter if they're from my city, Charlotte, or from, you know, little Wilson County in North Carolina, I get pumped. I'm like, yes, North Carolina, answer this trivia, you better get that Daily Double. Knowing where someone is from is enough information for me to decide whether I'll be rooting for them or not. You're listening to Hyphen, a podcast about people living in two different worlds simultaneously. My name is Parth Shah, and in this episode, we're talking about a very common question. Where are you from? It's often one of the first things we ask someone after we learn their name. I know it could be an innocent question as an outsider, but from me, I've learned that people are just trying to label me. The first thing they notice is how different I am from them. That's my older sister, Branjali. When someone asks her where she's from, she says Charlotte, the city we grew up in. But sometimes that response gets a follow-up question. No, where are you really from? I remember when I was younger, I was always proud. I was like, yeah, I'm from India because I knew what they were asking. But then when I started getting older, like in college... um, And like up till now, I found that question, I feel like it's very offensive. I just get annoyed by it. Bronsley says it's a poorly veiled attempt at asking about her ethnicity. And the question can take many different forms. Where's your ancestry from? What are your parents? What are you? What's your nationality? Does it matter? Especially when you're first meeting someone. The worst thing is when um, people try to guess my ethnicity um, at bars. Like this is some kind of game show. Like you're Puerto Rican. You're Persian. What does it matter to you? <laughs> Unless you're getting me a drink. Move on. Keep walking. <laughs> Clearly, Bronsley doesn't think talking about her ethnicity is a good icebreaker. She says it's othering. She's lived in the U.S. practically her entire life, but she's still expected to identify more with India because of the color of her skin. Often when people push her into talking about India, she says it's so they can point out the shallow connections they can make to the country. Once I met uh, some new people, and they're white, and they asked me, you know, oh, what's your name? You know, what do you do? The basic questions. And then they're like, oh, what are you? And I know what they're trying to figure out. So I just said, you know, I'm Indian. And immediately the first thing they said is like, I know this great Indian restaurant really close to me. There's nothing else you could connect with me on. It's gotten to the point where it's offensive because I don't ask people like, oh my gosh, you're white. I've been to like two million McDonald's and I know a John girl. (laughs) Do you know John? (laughs) I think Where are you from seems innocent because it's the bread and butter of small talk. 
I mean, who doesn't just love, 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 love small talk? And what better place to get a good dose of it than in the back seat of an Uber? Here's my friend Sonia Sabade. So I was in my Uber, and the driver and I hadn't been talking or anything. But then about 10 to 15 minutes into the drive, he turns around and out of nowhere goes, so you're Spanish? And I, I looked up and I answered what I normally do, which is, no, well, my parents are from India. And he went, oh, okay, that was my second guess. You have some Hispanic flair to you, to which there really is no appropriate response. I just kind of stared back and nodded. Um, and then he went, so how many languages do you speak? And I said, well, I, my parents speak Marathi at home. Um, I understand a little bit of Hindi, and I took Spanish in high school and college. And then he cut me off and he goes, okay, but where did you learn English? And I was like, well, I was born and raised in Minnesota, so that's where. And just as we were pulling up to where I need to get down, he went, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's why you speak English so good. Well, yeah, yeah, I speak English well. When you're a person of color and someone asks you where you're from, it's not always clear whether they're asking you where you grew up or where your, you know, where your heritage is from. My friend Zara Jama says she usually answers that question by telling people where she's really from. When people, when you tell somebody you're from Africa, they're just like, "Oh my God, how did you live? Did you were you born in a hut?" I can't get enough Lion King references. Like I think that's the only thing people associate Africa with. Zara is Somali American. She was born in East Africa, but has lived in Charlotte since she was three months old. We got in touch over Skype while she was spending her summer vacation in Hargeisa, Somalia. Somalia actually has one of the biggest diasporas in the world. There's so many people abroad that in the summertime, the whole city is pretty much filled with outsiders. And they have a specific word for it. They call it khurbachog. And um, I'll be walking down the street and somebody will point out khurbachog, khurbachog. Like they just know you're from the outside. And she is a proud khurbachog. Somalia has a reputation just for just being violent people, which is kind of cool because like not a lot of people mess with you. Like I, I'm quick to tell. Do you guys remember Black Hawk Down? You guys know what we did to the to the Americans, yeah. So keep talking, keep messing with me. What do you think about getting asked where you're from? I don't know. I don't think myself. I've ever been so offended by that question. I never really took it as. Um, like, you know, you not thinking I'm an American. Because I think at the end of the day, I never really considered myself as an American. Zara is Muslim. You know, I, I feel like I'm part of the American identity. Um, but also as a Muslim American, sometimes I feel like people don't want you to be in that narrative either. You know, having someone tell you go back to your country is just like not a good feeling. And it's happened so many times that it's just kind of distanced to me and myself. Like, do I actually want to be a part of this? A big part of who I am is because I grew up in Charlotte. Like, Charlotte is so much of me. My slang, how I talk, what I like to do, you know, things like that. Whereas, would I still be that same person if I grew up in Somalia? Which, you know, it's always that what if. Having the immigrant experience is one of a very strange experience. Like, I, you, you don't necessarily feel like you, you know, you're too foreign for Americans, but you're too American for maybe your, your home country. So where does that happy medium lie? 
Thinking about that happy medium makes me reminisce to all my summer vacations in India. I have this one aunt who will always ask me, Where do you like it better, India or America? I'm put on the spot. She wants me to pick one country over the other, as if the two are rivals. It actually makes me think of college. Meet one of my best friends from undergrad, Meredith McDonald. Hi, this is Meredith. We went to the University of North Carolina. UNC has a famous rivalry too. It's with Duke University. And actually the unofficial last lyric of our school fight song is go to hell, Duke. Telling people that you graduated from UNC, it's like, well, you know, I'm, we must hate it. Can we keep talking? Because I'm a Duke fan. I'm like, I don't even care. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, yeah, no, we can't keep talking if you care that much. Going to a large state school, you're surrounded by a lot of passionate people. People just oozing with school spirit. But I feel like more than pride for UNC, it's hatred for Duke. Like there's this bar in Chapel Hill, Goodfellows. I love them because they give out free popcorn. But one thing I don't like is their urinal in the men's bathroom. There's a picture of Coach K, the Duke basketball coach in it. So you have to like pee on his face. I get the humor, but I don't like it. You meet people who say things like, oh, I could never be friends with a Dukey, or people from Duke are ugly. They just make these like sweeping statements. And I think, like, what if you replace Duke with the name of a place? Like, oh, I could never be friends with someone from North Carolina, or people from India are ugly. I'm nearly two years out of college and I feel like the question where did you go to school has replaced where are you from when I meet other young professionals. So one other common question that people ask in an introduction is um, what do you do for work or what do you do? In some countries in Europe that would be considered very rude. Like You don't talk about your work outside of work. You would talk about like oh what kind of sports do you like or um, what are some of your favorite hobbies? And I think that that says something about our valuing of productivity and monetary output. That's kind of how we like to find other people's status. I mean, therefore, I would guess that since where you where are you from is such a common question too, it definitely reflects back to the importance of like being able to place somebody to understand them. Placing somebody, putting someone in a box filled with preconceived notions you have about a place. So let's put this theory to the test. Meet one of the interns at my office, Max Rodriguez. I'm Max Rodriguez. Okay, and where are you from? I'm from Coachella, California. Okay, pause. Coachella. If you're anything like me, the first thing that comes to mind is the Coachella Music Festival. I think of loud music, I think of flower headbands, I think of culturally appropriated headdresses and bindis. Think of people camping, I think of drugs. I think of those Jimmy Kimmel talk show segments where they ask festival goers about made up bands. One of my favorite things today, straight out of Williamsburg, the Chelsea Clintons. Oh, yeah, I have heard of them actually. No, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to see them or not, but I do know of their music. What, did, what, did, you, what did you hear about it's, them? I, they're just fun. What's fun about the Chelsea Clintons? I think they just give off good energy. Yeah. Like, you know what? You can just tell that they're doing it from a good place, and it's like, it's, and you can just feel energy, I feel. And, like, there's very but that's not what Max sees when he thinks of his hometown. So when I'm going to Coachella, I, like, I know I'm getting to the valley because there's like these like windmills that generate power. They're all over the hills entering the valley. And it's just like a sea of windmills 
like left and right and and if you like drive at night it's actually pretty cool because you get to see um like red lights flashing from on top and you just it's just like red lights just going to like the farthest point you could see on the valley mountains that lets you know that you're almost home max says the town of coachella is far less glamorous than the festival makes it seem in general there's just a lot of poverty in coachella and i think people don't know that i think people just think assume it's a festival they have a hell of a time when they go but they don't like bother to look at the rest of the neighborhoods around it and see how they live why do you think people ask the question where are you from by getting enough information from you and by knowing where you're from kind of paints an idea of who you are to them i think people really want to place you in a box here we go into the jeopardy round and here come the categories for you. We start off with monograms of the famous and infamous. People categorize things. We recognize patterns. It's how we navigate a confusing world. But people are too complex to be put in a category. A few weeks ago, I bumped into someone I went to college with at a bar. He introduced me to one of his friends, and before this guy even shook my hand, he said, Are you Iranian? I said, No. And he just started listing out countries that I could be from. I don't like telling people I'm Indian when I first meet them. It's not because I'm ashamed of my heritage. I'm so proud of my culture. But it's dishonest. I was born and raised in the U.S. I'm not from India. Frustratedly, I asked this dude, you know, why are you so curious to know where I'm really from? He took a second, and then he told me that he competed in the geography bee when he was in elementary school. He should have mentioned that first. Of course, let me tell you all about my ethnic origins because you were in the geography, but you must be so knowledgeable. I might have been less sassy if instead of geography bee, he had said he was a former contestant on Jeopardy. Thanks for listening to Hyphen. Special thanks to Max Rodriguez, Pranjali Shah, Zara Jama, Sonia Sabade, and Meredith McDonald for lending their voices for this episode. And as always, thanks to my editor, Maureen McCullum. It is hard being a podcast papa, but I'm happy to announce that the Hyphen family has expanded. Naveen Rihal is the show's new digital producer. Uh, and new is actually a kind of a loose term because she's been working with the show for about three months, keeping uh, our social media presence online while I've been on my little sabbatical uh, for the past three months. So, uh, yeah, my, the hiatus is over and expect new episodes coming at you more, reg- more regularly. Um, yeah, I, I moved to Washington, D.C., and the past few months have been, uh, I don't know if rocky is the right word. They've been good. It's a good kind of rocky, like diamonds, I guess. It's just a lot of change happening, and it's been hard to keep up with Hyphen, but I'm glad to be back in the game, and I have a lot of cool stories coming your way. Follow us on Twitter at Hyphen Podcast and like us on Facebook, too. Uh, and most importantly, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, leave a, re- leave a, re- leave a review. Damn. Um, yeah, so the question, where are you from, is something that really resonates with a lot of people differently. And my favorite part about doing this show is that every time I put an episode out, I always get people who Facebook message me or email me and they'll tell me their own story. I love reading those. So please tweet at the show at hyphen podcast or send an email to the hyphen podcast at gmail.com. I, I love reading them and uh, yeah, maybe it can make your story can make its way into a future episode. Yeah, so stay tuned for the next episode of hyphen. Korbachok, korbachok.